looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up? Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, gnarly! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I'm surrounded by assholes. And good evening, friends. Are you annoyingly even keel? E-methamine could be right for you. I have a disease, alright? I need help! E-methamine lets you get gagged up on whoop chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. Oh, yeah. Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh my god! Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. This medicine is made for extreme cases of being even keel or having extreme depression. Ah, come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increasing amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges. Oh my. Not all football helmets are created equal. Zenith, the industry leader in protective technology, is the only helmet in the game with adaptive head protection featuring a shock suspension system that can move independently from the helmet shell. Headquartered and developed in Detroit, Zenith is committed to player safety and revolutionary innovation. Zenith is proud to protect athletes at every level from peewee to the pros. Learn more about the Zenith difference at zenith.com. That's X-E-N-I-T-H.com. What does everybody want? Hi, I'm former WWE superstar Al Snow, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Jolly old England. Jolly old England. Not very jolly at the moment, though. Well, what part of the world is jolly, you know? I'm not sure any part is jolly right now, although if you look at the people who decide they want to go down to the coast and jump off tall things right now, they seem quite jolly. Well, yeah. Well, that and I, uh, you know, I won't go there. I've been watching people uh, do uh, what they call that, uh, parachute jumping and uh, cave, cave diving as well. Really? 
like well not cave diving but like the tombstoning tombstoning yes yeah it's, i'll put it this way the guy i watched he was recently uh because a buddy of his who did that with him the parachute jumping and all the different stunts yeah which i don't get why you would do he said in memory of my buddy who died in a motorcycle crash i'm gonna jump into this river from this bridge with my parachute, but I'm going to set myself on fire. Oh my God, we're burning alive. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me in, at all. In, in, in my buddy's memory. Yeah. But then again, we watch things like uh, Agent McFoley diving over a burning table. So, there, I think there's a difference in pay grade between the two of them, though. Uh, yeah. I, if you're going to do it, I'd want to get paid for it. Yeah, I think so. And I think even then, I probably still wouldn't want to do it. I was talking with Lanny about that recently, and he was saying that you can, all, like I've said, always said, you can earn more money, but you can't buy more life. And certainly you can't buy back your health. And, uh, you know, for those who were guessing uh, who Lanny is, it's Lanny Poffo. Lanny Poffo, the genius. Yes, you also can't buy the one thing Lanny seems to have, and I think you notice as well as I do when deal with Lanny. He's one of the few within that field that has self-respect. Absolutely. So, Ross Williams. i got to ask a hard question up front. I'm hearing some stomping uh, from your end. So have you got somebody locked in your cupboard? Uh, actually, it's not the person in the closet. Uh, I should mention that now. It's actually, I got six or seven people on the roof acting like Mary Poppins, putting a new roof on. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. This is the height of irony. I was just, before I got on, I was getting my hands on a copy of a song from Mary Poppins for my fiance's radio show. And how weird is that, that you would bring up Mary Poppins just five minutes afterwards? I was just thinking of it because of the part of the world you're in. Yeah. Well, we all speak like that over here, don't we? Well, you know... You're a little cuter than Mary Poppins, but I won't. Which one? The first one or the second one? We got a new one now, don't you know? Yeah, well, let's go with the original. Okay, I'll keep by that one. That'll work. But uh, speaking of which, because you've done many a wrestling book and a few other things, and first obviously met you with uh, Bob Howie's book. You've done a couple books. You've also dabbled in radio over there and several other things. So... What is going on in your world right now? Right now, we have just come off a year where I've had Al Snow's book released. We had Dylan Hornswoggle Postles. All within a couple of weeks, right? Those two? That was within, I think, about three or four months of each other. And that was something that Ian Douglas was working on. And Ian had done a fantastic job putting it together. Without that, I wouldn't have been able to complete the task as quickly as I think we got, but there were a couple things I think that the publisher ECW Press just wanted smoothed out and we came out with a result that I think all three of us were very happy with at the end. So uh, I want to see if you can tell a story again. You told me years ago with this story, but also mentioned it in Bob's book. <laughs> I think you know the story I'm talking about. The one where I wrestled Bob. Yes. <laughs> you uh, tell that story again. Wow. Well, we're going back nearly, it, it must be actually more than 10 years now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So I didn't realize that until I just said that. Hey, old man river, zip it or I'll break your hair. It's the CTEs. 
And yes, I said that, CTE. Fair enough, I could buy that. So 10 years ago now, then I was, uh, I'd, I'd been training for a few years as a wrestler. One of those bucket list things, I never had planned for it to become a profession. I never planned for it to be something that would lead me to knock on the doors of the big boys. It was just something that I wanted to do. So I'd got myself into training after I sold my business. And the guy who I was training with down in Portsmouth, a chap called the UK Kid, he was a guy who brought in now and again some guest trainers. So they'd do some speaking to us as a group, all the trainees, and they'd get in the ring with us, show us a few things. And one of the first guys that he brought in was Bob. And initially, well, of course, who, who wouldn't want to train with Bob Holly? So I get there. In an analogy. Yeah, um, well, Bob gets there. And the first time Bob sees me working in the ring, he thinks, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say this more tame than Bob would, but he's going to look at me and say, well, that guy's not much of an athlete. And <laughs> Bob would be absolutely right on that one. Um, but Bob, he, he came to a few sessions over the course of the next six months, and he did notice that I was improving. And even though I was still athletically very ungifted, he could see the effort I was putting in. So when it came to a show where one of the guys within the group got injured during his match, this guy was meant to be working in a tag match in the final match of the night against Bob. And so he was out. He ruptured his knee during his match earlier in the night. And then we turn around last minute and the promoter says, OK, don't worry. No big deal. We'll just use Ross. And I'm thinking, OK, I thought I was done for the night. And now you're telling me I'm working a tag team match against Bob Holly. Well, one, uh, this is far out of my depth in terms of being in the ring with somebody of that stature. And secondly, I've never worked a tag team match in my life or even talked about working a tag team match in my life. So I say to Tom, what do we do? What are we going to do in this? Can we call some spots? And Tom just says to me, well, um, I don't know. Do you want to talk to Bob about that? And I just look across the dressing room and Bob's staring a hole through me and just shouts out, what the fuck are you looking at? And that is about the time when I thought maybe best to keep my mouth shut. Just get in the ring. We'll call it on the fly. I had no idea what I was going to do. So got in there with Tom. And just as Bob's about to come out, Tom wanders over to me and just whispers in my ear, said, don't worry, I'll do the work. You just stand on the apron. Awesome. I breathe a sigh of relief. The match starts. I get on the apron, think brilliant. They do the spot during the match where Tom starts backing off, chickening out. So he does that crawl to the corner thing, you know, scurries to the corner. And I think, oh, no, no, I, I don't want any part of this. So I drop off the apron, playing cowardly heel. And Tom was going to do that fabulous Rougeau's hugging your partner bit. And so Tom says to me, get between us. What he means by that is I'm meant to cause a diversion so that then Tom can cut Bob off and take over. Standard heel stuff. I didn't know at this point what cut him off meant. I didn't know what Tom meant by get between us. So what I did is actually physically got between them, rolled into the ring, walked up to Bob, and Bob just looks at me and he says again, what the fuck are you doing? So I think, okay, I got very few options at this point. Either I can back away slowly, in which case he's going to catch me and kill me. I can run away fast, in which case the guy can move. He's going to catch me and kill me. Or I can take my luck and shove him. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go for it. If I'm going down, I'm going to go down swinging. So I gave Bob a nice little shove. And yeah, he gave me a little bit of a clip around the ear in return for that. <laughs> nice little pop there. It was. Uh, you might, 
Now, obviously, obviously, as someone who hasn't worked or trained before, but yeah. been around it enough at some schools, and see how different people teach and whatnot. How is there a big difference in terminology over your neck of the woods compared to other, say, like in the States, Mexico? And the reason I say that is, like, for example, I don't think I'm speaking out of school here. Japan, America, Canada, everybody works left to right, left, left-handed, left where, say, Mexico is right-handed, lucha is a different style. Is there certain different over there as far as the ter- at least the terminology or completely different as far as style goes? From where I'm sitting and from what I experience, no, it's completely the same. And I suspect the reason for that is because Tom, the UK kid himself, he trained at Shawn Michaels Academy down in Texas. I think the Texas Wrestling Academy. Yes. So Tom learned from him and Rudy Gonzalez. And so he would have then taught everybody the way he learned. So it's all become quite formalized, especially in the Western world, except for Mexico these days. So if you're going to learn American catchers, catch can, you're going to learn the same way, I think, pretty much across the board these days. So no, I didn't really notice any differences in terminology. It's just it's just that I was thick as pig shit and didn't understand what Tom was trying to say. That was all. Okay. Now, how about in terms of, do you guys still have like, was it World of Sport? And <laughs> a, a certain, like that old school uh, British. No, I know what you're talking about. The uh, Big Daddy, I mean? yeah, Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks. It was the World of Sport was a show in the 80s on TV that was every Saturday afternoon, three o'clock. And it just so happened that wrestling was a major part of that. What people remember? And they had like a round system with that. They did bring back, they tried to bring back a few years ago, World of Sport wrestling, UK stuff. Um, and they tried this for, I think, one or two seasons. Didn't really score any particularly good viewership. They cancelled it since, from what I can gather. I've heard nothing since. I think, and I might be speaking out of turn here, but I think they brought in Jim Ross, and then Jim Ross got signed elsewhere to prevent him doing it. Uh, a lot of the guys who were working that circuit in the UK then got signed to WWE NXT UK. So I think it was a an idea to try and move something and capitalise on the talent scene in the UK. But then NXT UK completely said, nah, not going to have that. Cut. Let's shut that one down. Yeah, because who was telling me within the past couple of years about the round system making a comeback, at least for time being over there, Tatanka. Oh, Chris Chavis, yeah. Yeah, he was, because he did some stuff over there, you know, a couple of shots and was saying, oh, yeah, talking about the style change yeah, cr- with the rounds and, you know, Chris worked. A, I can remember Chris worked a lot over here in the late '90s after his WWF release. Uh, I think back '96, '97, he was always working down on the south coast for a group called Hammerlock. Yeah, and he was saying, you know, he he liked that the different. I guess you would call it psychology with what he what they were doing over there compared to what he was doing, say, working for events. Yeah, I think that was different then. I think now you'll probably find that most UK indie shows are going to be very comparable to US shows. The whole style is very homogenized. I think what gets taught, much to Al Snow's chagrin, but what gets taught a lot by a lot of trainers now is that seven-step match program with the idea of the shine, the cut-off, the heat, and that, that process. 
And unfortunately, it means that every match roughly feels about the same. And the other thing, too, is, and you bring up an excellent trainer in Al, and being that, and I'm sure you've heard him talk about this and seen it, say guy A has a school, teaches guy B, guy yep. B, then teaches C, and where there's a little bit of things being diluted there, if that makes sense. Yeah, indeed. But speaking of that NXT brand you brought over, or brought up, how has that been received over there? Pretty well, from what I can tell. Um, I think the crowds are certainly enthusiastic when you watch the takeover specials they have over here. They had one from Cardiff last year. They had one from Blackpool before that. So I think there are guys who are getting over more on a worldwide scene than they would have done had they just continued working around the UK indies. You're going to have guys like Dave Mastiff, Tyler Bate, Jordan Devlin, who are now getting much more visibility. And even some guys that I've met in my travels, guys like Tyson T-Bone, who's been used um, not a huge amount by WWE, but he's got exposure in a way that he never would have got had he just carried on doing things like the UK scene and world of sport. So anytime that you can be seen and have your shows, have your matches saved on the network, that's got to be worth a lot for your future prospects. I could see that, but would he be the biggest uh, guy to stand out? Because obviously the one name I'm, and I'm not, that's probably the least of their umbrella I'm familiar with, but the name that jumps to mind for me, at least is Walter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from what I gather, Walter said he was not going to do America. That he was quite content to work in Europe uh, and be the one of the primaries in the NXT UK promotion. We'll see what happens because when the big bucks come calling, we'll see where he goes. But he's been exposed to a far wider audience than before. And certainly a lot of people appreciated his work before NXT. It just means more people can see what he can do now. So from his perspective, it would have been stupid for him to not. Again, you hit, hit the nail on the head there as far as uh, business is concerned. And then you get guys like Pete Dunne, for example, who's doing absolutely incredibly in America now. And I don't think had they not started the NXT brand, Pete might not have had the chance to show people over there what he could do. And enough people wouldn't have seen that and gone, hello, we we could do something with this guy. So it's just a case of it creates more opportunities to get seen. And then you never know who's going to see your matches and say, we need that guy on our brand. And before you know it, he's an NXT tag team champion. Perfectly makes sense. Hey, I'm charging my phone and you pop up again on the phone. I'm everywhere, man. I'm everywhere. You're like herpes. <laughs> <laughs> only uh, only less tolerable. I am on a drug. It's called Charlie Sheen. Yeah, and a little less of an itch, but that's here and there. <laughs> now, that was just something you uh, shared a few minutes ago. My phone's delayed for some odd reason. But like you said, with Walter and the big business and Pete Dunne and everything else, like that, when the big bucks come, yep, you got to take care. You got to think business and take care of your family and all that fun stuff. It's something that I think I can speak on probably with, well, unquestionably with less knowledge than any of the wrestlers who've done this, but even having wrestled for two and a half years, like I did, then I could tell you this, that when I was started doing that, I was in my late twenties, early thirties. Now I'm on the other side of 40. My body feels very, very different indeed than it did when I was 30 And you realize that these guys in their 30s, especially with the level of bumps they're taking and the grind from the road, 
then absolutely they got to start making some money because they can't count on those paychecks unless they get super hot past the age of 40. And they got to make sure they've got enough to either last them or to at least give them the chance to transition into doing something beyond. Well, speaking of that, and not that 40 is old or anything like that, but what do you think of guys, say, your Randy Orton's, your AJ Styles, you know, guys who are over that benchmark as well, but still performing at a high level? I think it's quite a testament to the levels of knowledge we have now about conditioning, eating, and so on and so forth. And also the way I guess the industry is taking care of people to a greater extent. When you go back and you look at, I'll give you the example of the Royal Rumble 93. First two in the Rumble that year, Bob Backlund, Ric Flair. I believe Ric Flair was 42, Bob Backlund was 43. And at that point, both of those guys were considered old guys, right? The comparison now would be putting Randy and AJ Styles, because AJ's 43 now, from what I believe. I think Randy must be similar to my age. John Cena's only a few months older than me. Um, You've got Bobby Roode, who's in his 40s now. And these guys, they don't even look the same way that Flair and Backlund looked back in those days. So just the way that people's workout regimes have changed, the way they work... Flair is an anomaly completely. Backland, physically incredible. But to be able to do what AJ He's a freak of nature. Well, yeah, but you look at AJ, he's incredible what he does these days. You look at Randy, and Randy works so smart these days. Even Edge, since he's come back, he looks to be at least... I mean, we haven't seen what he can do to a great extent yet. But in terms of how he looks, just physically... People just didn't look that way back in the in the 90s unless they were in their 30s and spent most of their time in the gym. Also, he's not at the 40 benchmark, but another one who's came back and seems like he's working smarter is uh, absolutely Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, absolutely. Well, he's thankfully seems to have stopped that headbutt. Well, you know, like you said, overall, I think we're a little smarter, a little wiser as far as how we take care of ourselves. Yeah, I think so. I think there are probably more supplements. Whether you're in that field or not, it seems like uh, society-wise, we're a little smarter with that stuff. I think so. I think there's more knowledge about the damage we're doing to ourselves. And I think also, if you look at just general TV shows, it's become a much more visual medium. You go back and you watch music videos from the 80s, and there are people there who are musically brilliant, great singers, but my God, when you look at them, you think you'd ne- they'd never get put on TV anymore. Whereas these days, you'll get some singers who look fantastic and auto-tuner will take care of the rest, if you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, we all can't be Mick Jagger and Keith Richards anymore, you know? Absolutely not. In our 70s. <laughs> yeah, but I tell you what, you go back and you look at some people from um, the age. I'll give you a great example. Joe Cocker, who did Up Where We Belong. Not the most brilliant guy to look at and certainly wouldn't be a matinee idol in these days, but a great voice and a great song. These days, you've got a question, would that song have been released? Not by him, I don't think. Not by him. He, he, might, have read, he might have written it, he might have done the rehearsals, but it would have been given to one of the guys from One Direction. Or, you know, something you see on Britain's Got Talent or America's Got Talent. One of those thousand talent shows you see. That's exactly the one, yep. Uh, 
Well, speaking of music, what is Radio Nine Springs? Ah, Radio Nine Springs. Nine Springs is a radio station over here in the UK in Yeovil and South Somerset. I'm a presenter on it and I do the lunchtime show every weekday, 12 till 2. I do a weekend show called TGIROW. That's Trivia Games and Interviews with me, Ross Owen Williams, every Sunday, 4 till 6. And I also do a Saturday lunch show with my fiance Vicky. We do a bit of a challenge game every Saturday, 12 till 2. Uh, it's predominantly based around 80s, 90s and early 2000s music. Great variety of mix. Nice bit of chatter in between songs from me and my good lady on that station. And I'd encourage any listener to check it out. If you've got a um, an Echo or an Amazon device, you can say, Alexa, enable Radio Nine Springs. And my one's going to now do that in the background. And then after that, you would just say, play Radio Nine Springs. Let me now stop my Alexa. Alexa. Stop. Like dumb, I'm smart and I want respect. I'm trying to train my Alexa every time that I say stop, it says hammer time to me, but it won't do it. Apparently you can do that, but I haven't figured that out yet. But anyway. I don't know if you'd have it over there, but the like the Cheetos commercial. No. Nope. If, you, if you've seen that. We don't, that have, we don't even have Cheetos over here. Ah, because, well, there's a new uh, commercial I've been seeing lately. You can probably pull it up on YouTube uh, with... Cheetos, promoting a new Cheetos with MC Hammer, and you Ooh. get all the cookie shit on your fingers, and it's like <laughs> you can't touch this. And Brilliant. He, he even pulls out the old parachute pants and all from the early 90s there that he made you, famous. you got to love it when Hammer gets a payday these days. Bless him. Okay. Next, is, next we'll see uh, Vanilla Ice doing uh, construction sites again. But Well, surely you'd think some form of ice cream commercial would be good. He can sing with CM Punk. I could see that, yeah. They could get together and uh, not main event WrestleMania. Oh, <laughs> uh, hell. Now I don't even... Because you were talking about the 80s music, I was trying to pull something up. I don't even know if we can hear it on here. Because this is the first time on Zoom. Can you hear that? I can't hear what you're doing. You have to... Why do okay. you sing it to me? Why do you sing it to me? Hell no. <laughs> but we will put it on a bed just to scroll around there because yeah you do that, do that. but yeah <laughs> nine springs if if people over there want to check it out because you can get it globally uh you don't have to be local to get it you can check it out on, on your amazon on your alexa or alternatively you can check it out online you can listen live online and it is radio nine springs.co.uk and uh, of course, if you're listening in the States, then we are several hours ahead of you over here. So in effect, my lunchtime show would probably be the breakfast show. Yes, uh, because it was funny when we went right before my sound uh, card broke a couple of weeks ago. Full disclosure, Ross sent me a confirmation in the morning from when we were going to do it. Yeah, yeah, no good. Now, mind you, I may have had a because of the time difference several pops as as I got a leaf blower trying to clean up the debris on my roofing job here. <laughs> but anyway, Ross sends me a confirmation. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Ross could see me through Zoom going, eh, you know, making these, <laughs> looking like I'm having a seizure or something. And I go, yeah, so I'm quickly doing, what time is it there? Yeah, I'm rolling over in bed going, what time is it? Okay, great. So I'm trying to do half a, half hungover, half. I'm like, okay, so that's 
count my toes. That's five hour difference. Okay. <laughs> uh, he couldn't see because all it was was a message on Facebook. Of, hey, <laughs> yeah. Then trying to count my fingers and toes and whatnot, which is quite entertaining. I think that's probably for the best that we uh, can that interview. In that case, it, it wouldn't have been too sensical. Uh, no. Well, <laughs> it would have been more fun, but yeah, if Maybe. the drinking was commencing. But Absolutely, not, yeah. Not at several hours past when I was trying to get a little bit of a nap in. There you go. Next time, catch me on Fridays. That's drinking day. Oh, beautiful. Beer's cold, right? Not warm like you hear? It depends what you're drinking, pal. If you're going to drink a um, a proper British ale, then it shouldn't be really cold. It should be a little cold. Okay, I just wanted to get that clear because... We're fancy with our beers over here. Yeah, I stick with the Irish whiskey. Irish whiskey. Yep, you can't yeah. beat that. You have tried Bushmills. Yes, tell them or do if you can find it your way. Uh, Been to the Bushmills distillery over in Belfast. Absolutely brilliant. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Ah, speaking of which, uh, let's go back to Mr. Hornswoggle there. Yes, that so works for, with the Irish thing. Yeah, I like, I yeah, like the seg. So, Good seg. Yeah, yeah, trying a little transition here. Sound I like, like it. I know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. But uh, did you, were you in touch with him much uh, during that process with that book? Or oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Well, once we got to the point where I've been brought in, then I picked up a number of things in the book that when I read the the existing manuscript that I thought this is a thing where I think there is a couple of extra questions. Here's a thing where I just like to get my, my feel for what Dylan's saying. Plus a lot of it was making sure that I had a handle on how Dylan speaks so that I could compare and contrast how I felt he needed to be presented on paper so that the reader heard his voice with how he was being presented at that point. And he, again, Ian had done a pretty good job of it. It was a polish rather than a, a complete rewrite. Um, and there was a lot of the stuff. If you were to take the book, then I think a lot of it would be um, the stuff that was in there originally from Ian. And a lot of stuff would be stuff that either I moved out, shifted back in, reset, rewrote a little bit of it. It, it was a great collaboration at the end of it. And it worked really well for all three of us, I think. And I'm going to... I was reaching into the good old shelf because you were saying about speaking in voice. I'll go back to this because you had uh, made the initial introduction years ago. Video version between me and Ross, anyway, he could see what I got. I got, I, yep. Bob's book that we Bob's mentioned book. earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually, when you read the book, it felt like his voice and felt like him telling the story to you directly. So I do always appreciate it. And same with Al's book. Good. You, it, it, was, it felt like you were hearing it, their stories in their voice. They got three very different voices in the way they speak. And the funny thing about all three of them is that of the three of them, Dylan swears the most by a mile. And we didn't put any swears in Dylan's book at all. Now, is that self-editing on... You and Ian's part, or did he say, hey, don't X day on the motherfucker's day? <laughs> that was, in fact, actually, that was one of the things that 
I polished out of the script in that there were a few swears in there when I got to the project. And just through Dylan and I talking a little bit more, we came to the conclusion, actually, do you know what? We're going to take all of the swears out because we thought that one, his story, given that there's another level of interest that could be added to it from people who want to understand the story of a little person within this big man's world. So it's going to potentially go outside of the wrestling bubble. So we wanted to appeal to those people and, and not show them that wrestlers are just effing and blinding all the time. But also Dylan's got a kid who is now 10 and I'm sure that Landon knows a few choice words, especially living with his dad. But we wanted to make sure that Dylan could read it from the, sorry, not Dylan, Landon could read it from the word go. And uh, similarly, I wanted for my kids to read it. And so we we cut it down in terms of some of the language. And there will be stories within Bob's book and Al's book that I wouldn't want my teenage daughter to read quite yet. But Dylan's book, she's reading. Yeah, I, I won't tell that prostitution joke with Dylan that you paid eight bucks to go up on you, but that's a whole nother thing because <laughs> I am trying to book Dylan. So I, we won't tell that joke. No, keep that, keep that stum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually it was 12 bucks to go up on you, but that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother story. Absolutely. Put it boom. Yeah. You know, insert drum roll there too. You, know? that, you can do that in post. Yeah. You do that in post. Beautiful thing. So <laughs> book wise, you got anything else going on here? Uh, right now I am in the very, very early stages of negotiation on a new project. Um, and I, I'd i love to tell you more, but I can't. But what I will promise you is once I know more, I will let you know and uh, we can get word out there more. But I will say that if this goes through, it will be quite exciting because it will be working on something of a a wrestler from quite a while back that was a fairly big name. So I'll say nothing else apart from that right now. At least not during a recorded session. Uh, we can't do that because I'm sure there's contracts and all that kind of stuff involved. There's nothing. There's nothing yet so far. We are so early in the process that to the point where the, the person who I'm going to be writing it with, or if we go ahead, then I've spoken to him on the phone twice. And so we are so early we haven't even put the proposal together we haven't had it accepted by the publisher so it's really early regards other writing projects then i will say this that i had a a business book released at the end of last year which was called 365 days of advice unsurprisingly it does what it says in the tin you've got 365 pieces of business advice one per page and that is on uh, kindle you can pick that up on amazon and it costs £3.65. So it is a penny a day for my thoughts. So if you are in business, in sales, in whatever, definitely if you're in recruitment, because that's where my background is, then do please check that out on Amazon. 365 days of advice. And uh, there's also maybe, maybe next year a book, a novel that may be coming out from me. And funny enough, it was something I wrote 10 years ago and I never did anything with it. It's just sat there on the shelf because I needed to get to it. And you wouldn't guess what it's about because it's about a person who has to isolate because he believes that there is a pandemic going on outside in the world. And I wrote this 10 years ago. And then when the coronavirus hit earlier this year, then I thought, holy shit, how on earth did I call this 10 years in advance?
almost would remind me of what how do I put this? George Carlin. If you go back to and this is would be the sec, second of things when it comes to George. As far as first would have been nine eleven. Yep. And I'm I'm not mocking Ross Life any not none of that. None of that. You know, with what happened. But it was ironic because in this special, I believe it was from 99 of George, where he talks about airport security. Mm. But then, you know, and stuff along those lines. Yeah. Make, you know, making like that you can with comedy. It's hilarious special. But then you got two years later, everything that went down. Yeah. And you think back, you go, holy shit. But then you go, like you said, so that would be 11 years later when this hits. Yeah. And in that same special, he talks about people being afraid of germs and washing their hands. And yeah, like there's a whole bit. I'm not, I couldn't do it justice telling the, the way he said it, but he was a guy that made you think, you go, holy shit. Then some of the stuff, several years down the line happens. I think, as you, as you say, with comedy, a lot of the time you'll say something in a way to, which is often, often observational comedy. You'll say something to get a laugh, but then there's every possibility it may come true. Even the other day, watching an old episode of The Simpsons with my daughter, and there's a joke in there about the, going to the future, President Trump. Yep, yep. And of course, when the Simpsons writers wrote that, no doubt they thought, yeah, what's one of the least likely things we could do? And here we are. Yeah, go figure it all these years later. But Absolutely. Also, uh, it was funny. I introduced my father to Family Guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were, I'll put it this way. What was it? This would have been 18, 2018, where we, he's think, you know, he knew I watched for years. You know, so I would watch South Park, American Dad. I just introduced him to American Dad. But it was me and his buddy. We were going up to the Baseball Hall of Fame in, in New York State. And me and his buddy, who was his best friend from like five years old, 60 now, till, but it was me and his buddy were going back and forth telling Family Guy jokes. And of course, we're getting looked at going, that shit's a cartoon. What the hell are you two doing? Right? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? You, are you guys, are you guys, uh, another base for Raw, sir? It's like, no, I got a Hulu subscription. We will show you. Get to the hotel. Yeah. Open a cooler with a couple warm or cold cocktails. Yep. And plug in the, what, what the hell is that? Uh, Plugged in my computer to the TV in the hotel room. He sat there for the next six hours as we <laughs> kid you not with that humor. With the my father sat there for six hours. We ordered crap, crack open a couple beers. Yep. Start you know drinking. Me and my dad's buddy drink out, pull out the whiskey because that's our drink of choice. Yep. Order pizza and wings. My father sat there for six hours because he's never seen 
Family Guy. He was thinking, oh, it's just some cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen some of the newer episodes. Shame on me. So I don't know how to, with Disney owning them now. But he was like, holy shit. Like, this is classic. Making fun of anybody and anything. <sighs> Generationally, it's just so different, isn't it? My dad's generation, cartoons were just for kids. And yeah. yet my generation then that would be when the simpsons came along when i was a teenager and of course they pushed the envelope when they realized in the early series that bart wasn't the main character that homer was the main character once they figured that out then that's when cartoons i think really took off and that led to the even more adult things then south park of course pushed that envelope and that's led to everything else family guy absolutely brilliant it's one of those things that no matter when it is where I go, if I'm going away on business and staying in a hotel in the UK, I can always find Family Guy on the TV at some point. So that will be bottle of wine, Family Guy. That's a good evening. Well, you know, that brings up a good point. And I told you when we first started talking about doing this again, uh, it'd be all over the place. And like, I think when I come to British humor, Benny Hill, you know, on certain standards, how well does things like, and I know you get it because you're very well versed, but how well is it as far as Family Guy and things like that over there in the UK? How does that translate? I think you'll find over here, especially um, my generation, anybody younger than that, is going to be pretty much in sync with American culture or American TV because people who are older than me grew up on a diet of British stuff. But then Sky became a big thing over here in the late 80s, early 90s. And so really by the mid-90s, most people in the UK had access to just as much American comedy as they did UK comedy. So anybody certainly under the age of 35 or 30 in the UK has grown up on American TV as much, if not more, than UK TV to the point where my daughter, who's 13, there are a number of American pronunciations she has that I have to correct her on and say, no, you're not American, you're English, so say it in English, please. And my my boy, who is three, then he's doing his ABCs, but he says, he finishes with X, Y, Z. And of course, the English way is X, Y, Z. But everything that you can find on YouTube is mostly X, Y, and Z. So that's what he's learning. Well, that's an interesting point. Well, because I've been friends with Ross for so long on online and so Entertaining right there, I will say that, that you bring up the boy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah especially doing this corona bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ross will post stuff on a daily basis or every couple of days. Quote of the day from the boy. My lad, yeah. He's a card. Yeah. Is that because of you or mom? I've got no idea. I think mum and I both speak a whole bunch of nonsense sometimes. Um, he's his own character. He's very, very strong-willed, very stubborn. And he'll just come out with things that we've got no earthly idea where they've come from. And the most recent thing was, I've got him on my shoulders. We're taking a walk in the countryside, and I've decided to sing some Frank Sinatra. So I'm singing, I've got you under my skin. And Rex, my boy, he just comes up with, Daddy, you stop singing that song. Daddy, not sing that song. 
And so I say, okay, Rex, I'll stop singing. So a few moments go by and I carry on singing the song. And then eventually he goes, Daddy, stop singing that bloody song. And of course, bloody in the UK is, is a very, very mild swear to the point where you can get away with it on radio in the prime of the day. Well, I do quite regularly. Um, but it's not something that you'd expect to come out of the words of your three-year-old. And that's one of those moments where you have to have a look in the mirror and say, did I teach him that? Am I saying that without realising it around him? And if so, what else am I saying without realising it? So I've had to have a little talk to myself about that and my language choices. Ah! Out! What? Your ball was long. Are you shitting me? That thing was in! You're going to penalise us because you're a blind fucking blue jacket piece of shit! Yeah, well, and I don't know if it, they have it over your way, but have you ever heard of a show called Beat Bugs? No, I have not. It's on Netflix, and, you know, for the little guys I get, and, and girls, I should say, but, yeah, he's got a young boy, so it's for you. Uh, you know, I don't care what you think about how I put that. Anyway, this show is based off Beatles music. Right. They, they have a lot of, you know, I think you'll appreciate it, you know, for Rex. I'll try um, and get him into that. Netflix yeah, said so, beat, beat, beat Bus or Beat Box? What was it? Bugs. Beat I'll Bugs. Say, yes, Netflix. Great. Done. So I was at my sister's the one day. She got two little ones, a three and a one-year-old. And my brother-in-law plays music and whatnot, you know plays a couple different instruments and everything. Yep. And he was just screwing around on the guitar to one day and starts doing Beatles music. You know, just nonchalantly having a beer, just screwing around, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, and of course my niece don't know, fully know who the Beatles are. Yeah, you know what I mean? She just, but she knows music because of the show. She stops and goes, dad, dad. He's a, so he stops playing, he goes, what's up? Has a drink, goes, thinking something's wrong, right? Goes, she goes, you know, beat bugs? <laughs> and he's looking at us going, the, the restaurant's going, what the hell is it mean? So we had to clue him in. It was hilarious. Like, Brilliant. He's like, you know, he's just screwing around playing Beatles songs. He, he's looking at us going, what in the blue hell is it? What's she talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah. That's awesome, though, isn't well, it? Well, well, we'll fill you in later. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, brilliant. Please yeah, do. Just say, yeah, that's Dad, you just say yes, and we'll fill you in on that later. You That'll know? work, yeah. 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 Because <laughs> she, she knows the Beatles music from just the cartoon singing it, so, you know. That's awesome. Got to love that. Got to love <sighs> that. Yeah, yeah. So he, he got a kick out of that later. So when we told him, he's like, what? It's like, maybe we spent more time with your children. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we didn't know what a pandemic coming, you know. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody's. Well, apparently, apparently, I saw it ten years ago, but nobody else did. <laughs> yeah. So, well, what's the title of that project? Or are you not able to say on that one? That project is going to be called "The Writing on the Wall." It was originally called the. Um, what's it called? It was called the. Tunnel at the end of the light. Okay. And I felt that was too dreary. I felt that was too negative. So, and it needs to go through a rewrite. It needs to go through, and I haven't got the time to do anything with, this is the most annoying thing, is I haven't had the chance to even read it back since this pandemic started because my work as a recruitment trainer, which is what I used to pay the bills for the most part, that dried up pretty quickly. And Vic, my partner, 
has actually kept working pretty solidly. But the issue is because, of course, no childcare, someone's got to be there for the lad. So that someone's me. And as a result, it's all I can do to do my radio show and to do my podcast. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. And to keep those two things ticking over and try and do anything else apart from looking after Rex is nigh on impossible. It is flipping exhausting, man. So speaking of which, you know, let's get real life for a second there. How is it for you with uh, childcare there? How concerned are you guys over there with the current state of things? Well, they have opened up a lot of the nurseries now over here in the UK. And the one that we would usually send Rex to, it has not been open because it's too small and it's all one big room. So they can't really contain things in the way that other groups might be able to put small groups of bubbles together, so to speak. Uh, That said, even if he was in a situation like that, I don't think Vic and I feel confident enough in things as they are at the beginning of June over here in the UK. We think people are still not taking this seriously enough. You see, the government has re- relaxed the uh, the lockdown rules recently. And unfortunately, what the, many of the British have done is decided that means they're all relaxed. So we can go anywhere, do anything. And they're mingling and protesting and doing all sorts and not paying much attention to social distancing. And I've got a horrible feeling we're going to end up looking at a, a second spike over the summer. And I'm fearful that that will then cost us the rest of the year. So I'm very hopeful I'm wrong, but I've got a horrible feeling I'm right. And uh, just keep an eye out there. Uh, that was, as you were saying that, your old partner in crime, Mr. Douglas, wanted yep. to pop on if cool with you to say hello. Bring it. Yeah, he's he's going to try to jump on with audio. He just got done at an important business meeting, as we were joking before we started rolling. So, so Ian has uh, deigned to give us some of his precious, valuable time. Yes, I he he was just so I sent him the link that you had sent me and we'll see how this turns out, you know, that's for sure. And I also just as we were talking there, also looked up the title page for that beat bugs for Rex. That way yeah. you can find it with your account. I sent it to your messenger. So that that should be interesting. Excellent. That'll be several minutes saved tomorrow. So thank you. Yes, so and Stop him pulling at my legs yeah. all day long. Daddy, daddy, daddy. <laughs> That's exactly it. Look at me. Look at this. Daddy, let's do this. Daddy, can we go outside? Daddy, can I have this? I yeah. want more apple. Daddy, more apple. Daddy, more apple. What's that scene? We'll go bring family guy back into it. Mommy, 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 mommy. <laughs> yep. Mom, 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 mommy, 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 mama. And where Lois just screams at him. Yep. So... They, I, I get asked sometimes my non-parent friends ask me what it's like to be a dad. And I say it is the most amazing, brilliant, annoying, frustrating experience of your entire life. It's everything good and everything bad all at once. It's we wonder why people drink. <laughs> but that, that all, that, it's a double-edged sword there because that also causes them to show up, if you know what I'm saying there. Oh, yeah. Well, what was it Homer Simpson once said? Uh, Alcohol, the solution to and reason for all of life's problems. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems.
And I actually do have that in the drop library. That's going right there as well. Damn it, do uh, it. Th thank you, uh, post-production. Nobody cares! <laughs> so, what in the hell is he doing, is my question. He, well, Ian, I don't know if we can feed him into the Zoom thing that we're doing. Because he asked, let's see. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, because I sent him, let's see. Pop out. No, that's not it. When I signed on with you, would ask me if I want to do video or not, and audio or not. You know, like it confirmed separate. While we're trying to figure this out, if people yeah. want to follow you social media-wise. Okay, on they? social media, then on Twitter, I am at Ross O. Williams, and I'm also at Wrestling A to Z, um, and that is T-O, not the number two. And that is where every announcement gets made about the podcast that I launched about two, three months ago. And that's Wrestling A to Z. And I've got a new guest um, on there, a new guest on there every episode. Uh, so far, I've had sessions with Lanny Poffo, the genius, talking about the A to Z of the world's smartest wrestlers. I've done America's Best Wrestling Cities with Al Snow. Actually, I haven't released that one yet, but I've done um, with Al, we've done... Um, I believe best, um, what was it we did with Al? Oh yeah, Beck's box office draws. That was a good one. And with Hornswoggle, we've done uh, best finish moves. I know we've done that one. So if you go to iTunes and put in Wrestling A to Z or just go to Believe Podcasts, B-L-E-A-V, that's the network it's hosted on, Wrestling A to Z. And in fact, if you just put in Ross Owen Williams, Wrestling A to Z, you'll find it in Google. I've got eight episodes up there at the beginning of June so far. We've got a few more to come, including Hornswoggle talking to me about wrestling's best big men. So that's going to be quite a fun one. I'm going to be talking with Bob in time about wrestling's toughest guys. That'll be fun also. And we've got a few other guests lined up that should be fun. So I would encourage everybody to give that one a go. Podcast with me. Um, and whichever guest I managed to rope in for that particular week, that's wrestling A to Z. Uh, with that, well, first thing, can I throw Fit Finley's name in for tough guys? Hell yeah, that's definitely going to be the F that I put forward. Yeah, I would definitely, especially if you're near neck woods on your side of the globe, definitely. In fact, I'd say whole globe. One of the toughest yeah. cats. Oh, absolutely, and also one of the nicest guys oh, yeah. that you'll find. Because uh, I don't know if you've ever met Dave, but he was... Once in passing. He was on a show that I was at where I... Um, a show where I tore my ACL and um, medial meniscus. And of all of the wrestlers on that show, he was the guy who took me aside to check I was okay to get home. And he'd only met me that night, but he was just checking on me all the time and giving me advice how to... Make, you know, ice and heat, ice and heat, making sure that I was looking after myself. And there were guys that I had worked with multiple times and guys that I'd trained with who maybe checked with me, hey, you okay, a couple times. But Dave was, didn't need to be there, but he was constantly there. Brilliant guy, really good guy. Anyway, uh, well, I, I just told him we'll have to do three of us at another time when we can hook him up and you can figure that out. But yeah, absolutely. We'll plan that one, a an audio menage a trois at a later point. That's a horrible visual, isn't it? Yeah, because you know those, you know those guys from Chicago and Illinois, you know. They... Dude's a swimmer. <laughs> Folks, 300, 300 million sperm and he's the one that got out. What, what, what? 
Take, well, I was going to say, given how fast the guy swims, then you'd understand why. Yeah. But he says it would have been fun, but we'll work that out because I think we could have fun and maybe make it a uh, little bit of a beer bash on one of those Friday nights for sure. I like that. That's a good idea. Everybody brings her and you can do the Irish whiskey. I'll bring a, 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 a couple bottles of Merlot. And given the fact that Ian is in ridiculously good shape, I have no idea what he'll drink, but it will probably be something with Slimline Tonic. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll go with the Kurt Angle milk, you know. Yeah, but I can cope with that, yeah. Yeah. We'll just make fun of him for the milk, not sour, but yeah. Like you said, you gotta you gotta play PC when it comes to poking fun at him. Uh, Absolutely. Well Absolutely. Kept you on almost an hour. You wanna give everybody one more go around with uh the show and Social media yeah, absolutely. So anybody checking this one out, if you want to hear more from me and the various guests, then Wrestling A to Z, I'd appreciate it if you could give us a follow, a like, a subscribe, get this going, because it's something I'm really excited to keep going and to get more and more guests on that one. So oh. that is on Twitter at Wrestling A to Z. Hold um, on, I I'm think, also... we, got a, I think oh. we got a surprise. Do we got a surprise? Come on. I, th- I think... Hold on. Well, far be it from far be it from me to do a run in. <laughs> we got a run in. Hey, we, we were just talking about doing a threesome with you at another point, but glad you're here. Well, that's terrifying. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> Ross, how are you, man? Very well. How are you doing, Ian? Very well, thank you. Clear something up for us here. We were talking about if we were going to do this with a few drinks, then we were speculating as to what your drink of choice would be. So what would it be? Oh, uh, straight scotch. More more than likely Glenmorangie. Ah, there you go. That's a fine scotch. Yes, especially because uh, Ross had brought up, and I don't know why he was looking at the six-packs, but how, he, he was talking about how amazing – shape how much of an amazing shape you're in oh lord um well tell ross to quit checking me out (laughs) if you're uh, gonna if you're gonna put up pictures of yourself in your swimming gear then where's a man to look (laughs) hopefully hopefully from the hopefully looking at me from the waist up and nowhere else there you go. That's what cropping is for, right? But you know, I feel comfortable. I've been talking much of the interview about my children and my fiance, so I'm quite comfortable talking about this. Uh, <laughs> well, was going to say, Ross, was this the post you were talking about that his wife supposedly shared in, in the pool? Oh, what, on Ian? I don't know. I just see pictures and, and turn it off as quickly as I can. <laughs> oh, geez. So what's going on uh, besides business calls, Ian? Uh, besides business calls, not a whole lot. Uh, presently working with B. Brian Blair on his autobiography. So hopefully that will be finished up before the year's out. And also still uh, reading through some of Ross's fictional materials, and I need to uh, get him a review of that. But so far, it's uh, exactly what I would have expected from him. Nothing but the best and uh, riveting material. That's encouraging. What uh, that's what we were talking about earlier. The the um, the book that I did ten years ago, the one about the epidemic, and Ian very kindly offered to give it a, a read and review and make sure that I don't. It's not going to be embarrassing if we publish it. Well, Ian, hate to put you on the spot then. So, how is that uh, so far? What you've read? It's it's tremendous stuff. Uh, 
Ross has an Ross has an unquestionably uh, remarkable command of the English language, and uh, some some scenes are very descriptive. Uh, in some cases, a little bit too descriptive. Hey now, when it comes to uh, you know, frankly, some of his descript some of the gory detail that he used that he's uh, able to use and string together, it's. Uh, in a fashion that I've never seen before. Very creative, but... Uh, Could you tell that I grew up reading Stephen King? <laughs> I certainly can. Uh, some macabre details that, frankly, I'm not always comfortable with, but that's okay. It's not the sort of material that's designed to make the reader feel comfortable. So I'll ask this then, and I know Ross is on the ball with a certain politics as well, and we don't do politics on the this uh, format, but uh, instead of blaming China, can we blame Russell and Williams for uh, what's been going on the past few months then? Oh, as far as I'm concerned, you can feel free to b- blame Ross for whatever you like. <laughs> yeah, it's most things are my fault. I've come to learn this. He, he, he's broad-shouldered. He's quite adept at shouldering uh, the blame and carrying the weight, and the the more that he carries, the less there is for me, and I always appreciate that. Well, that would definitely explain the size of his traps there on the video. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish. Jeez. It's, it would explain my scoliosis and nothing else. <laughs> Yikes. Well, I think t- well, taking the bumps that you've taken in the wrestling ring might explain some of that as well. I think I took about uh, 25 total. <laughs> 24 of them coming from Bob Holly, but that's I, was just, saying, I just I just took them badly. That's the problem. I just took the pumps really badly. 25 more than I've ever taken, my friend. Yeah, fair play, fair play. I, I would say you you seem like a bit of an athlete with the swimming and with the axe throwing. Why haven't you tried the wrestling thing, Ian? Um, too much of a scaredy cat, quite frankly. Uh, oh, swimmer, swimmers, I'm, I'm a swimmer and a rower. We're, we're non-contact athletes. We generally don't like to be touched. That's why we like to have a nice four to five foot swimming lane all to ourselves, and it keeps everyone else away from us. Very, very reasonable. I could buy that. And what about the axe throwing? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm dreadful at it. I've only done it <laughs> twice. Uh, if, if you saw the clip, I, if you saw the clip that I posted on Facebook, I missed the target by a, a mile. So I could, I could never claim that as a sport of choice. Oh, fair play. I'm trying to pull that up now that he said there's a clip because obviously you got Ian up because we're trying to get him to come on with the link and everything else. So now I'm going to have to try to find this clip. Maybe we'll share that. Well, if if you find it, if you find the slow-mo clip of me throwing an axe, I I totally lied. Uh, I said that I was aiming for the six-point circle in the far right corner, and I just missed I was actually aiming for the center target, and I, I and I was that far off, and I missed both anyway. Awesome, Ross. You were going to say something there? No, I just said that was awesome. Oh, okay. Oh boy. I just like the idea. I haven't seen the the chance to do that. I'd love to go and do some axe throwing. Those venues are are popping up all over the country. So the next shame I live in the shame I live in the wrong country. <laughs> Well, it depends on who you're asking. I would love to visit your country. But the, the next time you make it over stateside, I'm sure you'll be able to find an axe-throwing place and plenty of people uh, excited to take you to one. 
So, Sounds great. Chance, chance would be a fine thing. It's been over. I figured this out the other day. It's been over a decade now since I've been to America. I couldn't quite believe that. You're overdue for a visit. I am overdue a visit. Absolutely. Would it be this 18 second clip uh, with a the video from behind you? Uh, it could very well be if it's the slow motion video. Yes, and you'll see the. Uh, the, the person who was managing the uh, the axe throwing competition doing some sort of a funny dance behind the two of us. Oh, yeah. boy. That's the one. Well, because I'm on Zoom, the video's dragging a little bit, but I will definitely watch it. I think I'm going to have to share it with Ross as well. Do that. You're going to uh, have to clear up a conversation that Ian and I have had on this one. Does he or does he not vocally have a little bit in common with The Rock? I'd say yes. But Told I, you, Ian. But I would also go with, and most people, I would also go with, reminds me of, uh, at least stateside-wise, and I don't know how it would be over in the UK, I think of some old-school radio DJs. Uh, almost like something you would hear, like, doing the intro for Smooth Jazz, WJJZ. Coming, <laughs> coming, up, coming up on the next half hour, Kenny G. <laughs> yeah, just had that that smooth radio transition yeah. voice. Smooth like the whiskey he drinks, yeah? Of course. Oh, Lord. Well, I, I used to be a television reporter for NBC News in Flint. My voice may have been my best attribute, but on camera, I was absolutely abysmal. So Really? Yes, anything that you see that there was no great alacrity on my part to hop on the screen with you guys this afternoon. <laughs> Actually, it's evening uh, where you are presently, Ross, correct? Indeed, absolutely correct, yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, but we were actually just getting to wrap this up. We're going to do this as a triple threat match with drinks involved, I think, on a Friday when Ross tells us we have to, as long as we can make the time align. I don't know. You guys you... can start drinking at lunch that day. How's that? That works too. It's five o'clock. Or, we can, or I can drink at lunch and you guys can drink at breakfast. Uh, frankly, I don't know how that's different from any other day that, uh, <laughs> that, that I'm involved in. So, yeah, <laughs> well, we'll drink away. Uh, well, in the words of uh, Jimmy Buffett and a few others, it's five o'clock somewhere. Exactly right. Well, Ross, Andy, and since Ian had joined us, might as well share any and all social media platforms there. Ian, floor's yours, my friend. Okay, um, you can find <laughs> you can find me on LinkedIn as Ian Douglas. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my under my name, also Bugsy McGraw's autobiography page, and you can find me on Twitter at Stream Glass. Ross, floor's yours. Okay, so I am at Ross O. Williams on Twitter, as well as at Wrestling A to Z. I'm on Facebook as Ross Owen Williams, LinkedIn, also Ross Owen Williams. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I'll say, apart from for anybody out there who is in a purchasing mood, certainly start by buying Dylan's book, uh, Hornswoggle, Life is Short and So Am I, because that way Ian and I both get royalties. So we're both very happy. And then if you've got some money left, then go buy Bob's book, The Hardcore Truth, Al's book, Self-Help, Life Lessons from the Bizarre Wrestling Career of Al Snow. Try my film, Winter Ridge, if you want, or anything else you can find with my name to it. Or just send me some money. I don't really care. 
all denominations. Okay. Large or small, yeah. As long as it folds, I'm happy. Yes, that's for sure. Just slip, just slip that into an envelope and send it to England. Exactly. And just, just put Ross, England, and it will get to me. Because <laughs> he's the only one over there. I am the only one. The only one that matters. <laughs> Annoying. Annoyingly, this work. Thank you, Ian. Um, and I'll slip you their money afterwards. But annoyingly, <laughs> there another guy called Ross Williams who was born same town as me, same year as me, and um, just so happened to do pretty well in business an earlier point than me. So hence, that's why the Owens cropped up in my name. Almost sounds it is like not... that, uh, Sam Roberts from a uh, Series XM and. The Canadian singer from the 90s. Same thing, Sam Roberts and Sam. Yeah, there was some confusion early on. I don't think there'll be con- confusion between me and this guy, but just to make absolutely sure, I decided to instigate my middle name back in. Also, because then it's a huge long name with 16 letters total, meaning that I kind of take over the cover of most books that I'm on. <laughs> Tactical. Yeah. Ian, you need to add your middle name. I do. I really do. Well, what is your middle name, Ian? It is Clinton. Oh, brilliant, Ian Clinton Douglas. You've got to go with that. That's all my god. That's all my godmother ever called me. So she would, uh, she would definitely be in favor of that alteration. I C Douglas. I like that. I C D. I C D. I C D. The whole effing show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Yeah. But that joke with uh, Ross having the 16 letters reminded me what we were talking about earlier when I was kind of, when we were trying to do this earlier. Count fingers and toes and uh, doing time difference. I can see the confusion on your face there. Yeah. And also you've taken your socks off, which is quite disturbing. Well, I'm curious to know why I'm missing three toes, but what the hell happened there? But that's here and there. there. <laughs> I was going to say, how many did you start with? Because I can see six on your left foot. Ah. Uh, or are we counting the web? Are we counting the web as well? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but gentlemen, thank you so much. Great pleasure. Yes, very pleased that I was able to hop in and say hi to Ross, even if it is at such a late stage of the meeting. Save the best till last, Ian. Always.
Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts there's bound to be injuries. <laughs> now that's what I call depressing. It's gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope wanna jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting Now That's What I Call Depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars, Wrinkled Ladies. For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend while in Cell Block 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open. <laughs> Who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon. Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order by calling or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in a full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS. With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. How do you like me now? Hey, this is Bob Holly, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. 